0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. Sam George is an author and digital communications professional who has been described as a master at two things, discerning trends before they are recognized as trends and communicating these ideas to the public at large. He has worked for high-profile individuals such as Nancy Pelosi and on nationwide communications initiatives, including George Soros' funded campaign to legalize cannabis. In 2004, he co-authored the book, The Great Divide, Retro versus Metro America, which has been praised for being the first book to name and bring awareness of the cultural risk in America and receive national press coverage. His latest book, I'll Get Back to You, is about why unreturned messages drive people crazy and why digital communications can be the cause of lots of obstacles in building genuine human connections. Hello, Sam, and welcome to Back to Basics.
1: Hi, right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Back to basics. Good.
0: Yes, yes. This is exciting because this podcast is all about uh, how to stay true to yourself and true to human connections. And so I'm very excited. I think your book is right on and uh, definitely we will get to that. But be- before we start, my audience knows I love to ask you know, about the origins. Did you ever think you were going to be such an influencer, such as a young child? Did you envision yourself, you know, writing about these
1: things? Well, I didn't know I was going to be a writer. I mean, I had teachers that say, oh, someday you're going to be an author. But but essentially my direction very early on was politics. And um, I wanted to be a United States senator because it's the best job in politics. Six six years, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh What happened is I just got involved doing the behind the scenes stuff. And and, uh, that's how I got into digital because when the the TV and radio went digital and um, now I only do a nonprofit type. I work with a couple other groups about, uh, you know, doing digital fundraising, digital advocacy. And I've done a lot of that work. And uh, that's what I'm focusing on now and helped inform this book.
0: That's that's incredible. I've had a few a few guests that have embarked in that politics road. They have shared a little bit of the hardship. Is there anything in particular, like from what your vision was and then why you steer away anything, any savviness or wisdom you want to share there? I know it's a whole lot. You know what? I
1: don't know if I'm burned out of the world's burnout, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. But uh, all you need to do is look at the TV. I can't even watch the stuff. Yes. You know, I have a hard time even reading about it. So, um, yes, the politics has become, as we anticipated, you know, that book wasn't just about red and blue states. It was about a war between two Americas back then. Do you know what? The public radio crowd in the blue states? Oh, we don't like it. You're separating. We don't like this divisive stuff. We are united today. They would embrace it. Right. Yeah. Because we do have two Americas and that are they're at each other's throat, Okay. Yeah. So, you know, all I can say is that I'm done with that. And uh, I'm trying to help, you know, I, I, my background is in philosophy, my academic background. And so I'm looking for new ways of expressing myself besides politics.
0: That's great. That's, that's inspirational in itself. And I may add, that uh, you know, I'm, I wasn't born in the United States. I got here 25 years ago, and and my husband, who is from the Netherlands, and I, we always have these conversations about the country we arrived and the country that we're experiencing right now. It's two different countries, like, and uh, we have two American-born children. You know that now, so we 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 feel it more. And it's it's really sad to see because uh, although maybe there were two Americans before 25 years ago, you as a foreigner didn't perceive it as much as you perceive it
1: today. Well, I think it's been growing. Obviously, the Civil War basically—you know, like the origins go of the of this issue go back to the Constitution, go back to slavery between the agrarian states who had the slaves who were agriculturally based and the economy of the of the blue industrial states. Till this day, and you never hear this, if, for example, technology is the key. So, for example, if Microsoft, Apple, a bunch of tech companies decided to land in Georgia, it'd be a blue state. In America, mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. and, and so basically, there's a political economy behind this as well. And that's the origins is political economy. But I don't want to go. All I can say is that politics is divided there's very little you can do and you can't, when there's two different armies, how do you, like in a in a war, how you have two different armies, where's the room for consensus? Nowhere.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and I totally get it. And that's why, honestly, we haven't become citizens because they say it would be so hard for us to have to, right. you know, the way these countries built, you know, to take sides. So moving from politics is a very important subject, but your new book, so I think a lot of people can resonate very much with it, and one of them because I'm um, I work in corporate America, and one of my main complaints has been: When did we stop acknowledging other people's emails, and when did we stop not even thanking people for things they do, and the way you know that 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 we are, let's say, accepting these interactions to be? So, talk about your latest book called "I'll Get Back to You."
1: Well, the name of the book is. I'll get back to you, but here's the key thing. The discommunication crisis, why unreturned messages drive us crazy and what to do about that. So the answer to your question is just the pure volume, the pure volume of emails and texts, etc. Things get missed, people scan things, they file it. I mean, it's, it's only everything that I've done because of my background in politics has been tested rigorously through polling. Okay. And I did a couple of focus groups. So unlike other self-hook books that say, oh no, 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 you know, this one has been uh, I can verify everything I say about data. But essentially that's what really hooked me is I've I've had this experience throughout my life where if somebody doesn't return my call or now emails and texts, it would send me off the deep end. Not every time, but a lot. You know, and 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 some of my my girlfriend or some people I trust, all of a sudden, they're in a conspiracy against me. <laughs> I, I mean, the things we think is are crazy. Now, it doesn't happen to everybody all the time, but because of the volume of emails and text, a lot of this happens. People do fall into these uh, to this syndrome, and I was trying to understand what, why, how this took place, and that's where I just that's where I discovered the biggest, arguably the biggest disconnection in human history, which is the discommunication crisis that makes everything else look like a nothing. The discommunication crisis is what i decided about. And the discommunication crisis is simply this. You know, everybody talks about emails and texts. Oh, my God, it's the technology. There's, you know, da, 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 da. Uh, there's not face to face contact. There's techno- No, it's, it's simpler than that. It comes down to this basic fact. For the first time in civilization, man does not have, or women do not have immediate feedback to to guide their conversations and their exchanges. And this is bigger than the printing press because it deals with our relationships. That delay opens the door for all kinds of, it it opens the door. Why do you think um, this conversation already would be 50 emails? (laughs) So <laughs> yes. It opens the door to, 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 to too many emails. People are never sure, like, you know, you have a hard time deciphering what the person, and then people are so busy, they don't open the messages, they scan the messages, they plan on getting back, their inbox fills up, and they forget, you know what I mean? And even if they remember later, you've already gone through this this syndrome, so how it works is this when you basically this has been verified by data and research that when someone does not return your message in a timely way the first stage is anxiety or agitation the next stage is you de- you deem something's wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean this this could be like 9 hours later you deem something wrong and then it has to do with you maybe you know i mean it somehow involves you yes and then not too long after you jump to the worst case scenario, always the worst case explanation, you know, parenting delusional things, your wife's having an affair at a conference, all <laughs> kinds of, or, or vice versa. This is the kind of stuff we go to, you know? So, and then the last stage is that, you know, we continue to castrify, catastrophize and This kind of forms a negative loop. So you try and talk yourself out of it. And then about an hour later, it's going through your head again. So that process, um, those stages of anxiety, agitation, um, making it about you, uh, worst case scenario, catastrophizing, and then uh, basically not being able to get out of your head. According to my data, if I was taking just all those elements, average 70%. The American people based on quantitative polling that I did, uh, multiple polls, seventy percent admit to this behavior. So it's not like I'm just making this up. This is the case. Wow wow. and anybody who I I talk about here's what's really interesting is everybody experiences this, but this is the first time you've heard of it. I mean, that somebody actually talked about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's talked about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so, but really what it gets underneath is the the bigger problem. And I didn't know this when I wrote the book. It was why I was researching why we did that, is the discommunication crisis. That communication, conversation, by definition, is talk. It presumes instant feedback. And what's happened is our main motif of communication is one where there's a delay, and that creates all kinds of lack of clarity, lack of you know anxiety, these psychological things. Too many emails—they all come back to that major disconnect. The immediate feedback loop is broken, and we're left with the very fragment. This is this fragmentation is at the heart of. It's it's by far the biggest disconnection on a systemic basis because we never know. We send emails and texts and stuff like that, and, and we just never know uh, if it will come back. The big thing, too, is will they understand it right? We're, we, you know, we're, we're constantly fretting. Even if we don't go into the full cycle of the, the, the syndrome I just discussed, we're constantly worrying about, did, did they get it right? I haven't heard back from the so-and-so. You know what I mean? Did they think this? Did they think that? Absolutely. This is just a hotbed of anxiety when compared to the conversations of the past, or just a conversation with this direct feedback. And it doesn't have to be in person. It can be over the phone. I mean, anybody, I mean, you know, it's better in person, but a phone is fine. Because the issue really isn't about the person being there. The the issue is about the direct feedback. And that is what we've lost. I mean, we don't talk anymore. I mean, essentially, when is the last time? We stayed up night, all hours of the night, you know, talking up. Uh, you know, people don't do that very much. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't talk for hours anymore. I haven't done it for a long time. And and what happens is that uh, is direct communication becomes kind of the last resort. You know, we're so used to emails and texts, but they're so limited. It's like a tiny baby. Besides the communication issues, they're destroying what it means to be. Yeah, it's, 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 it's impending what homo sapien is, is discourse talking without the ability to talk, we wouldn't be humans. And um, this has progressed. This is how we evolve. And uh, you know, with emails and texts, it's so reduced. There are so many great things you have over a direct conversation. You can clarify, you can, you can kind of read each other. Um, anything, uh, any questions can be answered. And, you know, most conversations are good conversations. If Absolutely. you refer to good have you ever had a good email conversation if anybody says, oh, I had a good text. message. You know? No, <laughs> uh, except
0: know? when the customer says I'm gonna I'm here's the PO or I'm sending you the order. That's a good email. Yeah, but I mean, uh, even <laughs> a bad
1: conversation is a good conversation in the sense that you know there's closure. Yes. There's no closure to our process with texting in particular. You don't know when the texting ends. That is true. Right?
0: That is so all very valid points, yeah.
1: So, so all of this is really, this crisis is is the discommunication crisis, and it's staring in front of everybody. They can't see it. They're too fixed on technology, et cetera, you know, uh, body length, all these sorts of things, you know, uh, yeah. but the issue is feedback, and it really creates all of the uh, connectivity issues we share today.
0: Well, that's, I, I find it fascinating because you definitely explore it through a deep, through the through the cost, like what the root of the problem is. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people will resonate like, yeah, I never get my emails. And I remember when I was, uh, well, I was already married, but when that movie came, uh, he's not that into you. I don't know if you saw the movie or read the book, but it's not the same. But the concept kind of goes towards, you know, when you don't have that immediate feedback via text or something, maybe you just should move on because the person is not that interested. And um, I can just,
1: yeah. I agree with you. I absolutely It could right. have saved I, I so much say, time. <laughs> yeah, I can just say as a law. I will say it as a law. This happens about probably over fifty percent of the time. I don't know. Yeah. But if a, it's a new relationship, it's a dating relation. But you know, you've been dating for a month or so, whatever, and you've been dating. If the man doesn't return the message, I know this, right? The woman will think just that that he, <laughs> she's not into him, yeah. Yeah. and that why. She'll blame herself. What did I do? What did I do? Now, the man in their hand, hand, he'll start thinking about who she's sleeping with. <laughs> this happens all the time. She's dating my friends. You know, those two things are very, very common. Um, so so yeah. there you go. Just like parents, their kids not respond. You know, obviously, it's the end of the world and they beat themselves up. I'm, you know, like Billy didn't return my text. I should have never let him. I should have never packed his laundry. But, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. It is the same thing. We we, but there is a deeper component here because this explains the really this communication explains the context. It still doesn't s- explain this weird psychological thing. Why should an unreturned message send us into some psychological spin? I mean, it happens fairly often. We know that usually, almost always, ninety percent of the time, you catch yeah. up with a person who's perfectly rational. Reasons, you know, yeah. make total sense, and that the crazy things you thought are a delusion. So, so why do we keep on doing it?
0: No, no, I, I I totally agree, and I would love to to ask you something that makes me think because I think most people agree that you know the email is inefficient. I sometimes tell my team just pick up the phone and call. Because I myself are like that. But there's something in the human being that, although we know it's more inefficient, somehow we are choosing that communication form. And we all, and I think even the fact of Zoom now, you know, I have a lot of meetings today, I mean, in, during my week, that after COVID, they are via Zoom, but they, they will have been a conference call. Now people are preferring the face to face that Zoom provides.
1: Well, I mean, I, I did research on this going back, in you know, 20 years. And I, I worked on the University of Phoenix online. And we did a thing where we tested they have teams. This is what big one. I mean, it was a big, big thing. And they launched it. They created it. And one of the issues that I did the research on for the billionaire who I worked with in politics was all these different modalities like Zoom. And believe it or not, the modalities for interactive technology were not that much different. Mm-hmm. And um, it was definitive at the end of the thing that, that a conference call is more effective. And they did. They use conference calls for their teams, not this kind of, for example, if we're in a meeting, I mean, like one on one, it's okay. But if there's like five people, you see little, it's distracting. I mean, it, it's, it is not a substitute for face to face because, again, it doesn't have immediate feedback. There's no immediate feedback. In a meeting in a conference room, people go, they never do this in Zoom. There's like spectators, you know what I mean? Then they go, okay, my turn. You know what I mean? So so a conference call or a conference meeting. So, you know, even at that basic level, the the bottom line is we're lazy. We're lazy. Why do we not want to call? Oh, it takes so much energy. Oh, my God. Oh, go have a coffee? I got to get out of the house? You too. We're lazy. But writing, it
0: almost takes time because writing an email, it also... People
1: are, we're just lazy, okay? That's all there is to it. (laughs) I can talk about the sins of digital communication, but you know, it takes us. We're lazy. Uh, We don't want to spend the energy. We want to sit on our butts by ourselves and look at the screen. That's just much easier. I mean, think about it. We're talking to other people while we're alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we're talking to people alone, you know I mean? Essentially in front of a computer screen, you know, staring at it. But um, what was really interesting, if you to get back into it, is I did discover, I was working with a, um, <clears throat> actually seeing a, a guy, a psychiatrist who was the founder of the Biological Psychiatry Institute. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a forerunner to the neuroscience and the mind. And um, he really, got me to understand a lot of things, but one of them was pattern recognition. And that explains why we freak out. The mind thinks in patterns. It it, it processes everything, a thought, an idea, whatever. It it processes it, completes the pattern, stores it, files it for a later day. That's why when you hear a few notes of a song, boom, you remember the song. Mm -hmm. Because it's triggered off the pattern, the patterns in your brain. So what happens in the case of an unreturned message is that it can't, you know what I mean, it's looping, you know what I mean? And direct feedback like this, you know, it can, it can process it, but the mind is not uh, capable for, for processing this kind of information without immediate feedback. And so what happens is the whole thing goes awry on the worst case scenario. Anxiety, thinking, you know, it's about you, but the worst case scenario, it's always the worst case scenario. And you know what? You could have four negative and four positive things that were not definite. Okay, four positive, four negative. Now, the worst case scenario, the brain does. The brain compels us to complete the loop. And that's why we jump to a worst case scenario. So that the brain can simply complete a loop and move on. And and that's this is why when people are late, oh, it must have been an accident. You haven't heard back about from somebody. Oh, it's a disaster. They hate me. You know, it's not just Mm -hmm. emergency. So so this pattern recognition, really, you know, this old age-old thing of why do we tell ourselves negative stories, you know, lack of self-esteem, blah, blah, blah. No, it has to do with the way that the brain patterns. And I discovered this. That's the reason. The brain, not you. So when you're having these crazy thoughts, it's not you. It's not your fault. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't get guilty mm-hmm. about it. And that's what the book helps to do is to illuminate people to this psychological process. Although it's difficult, you know, in this kind of setting to completely get it. But this but despite it to say, neuroscience explains why we do this.
0: That's that. Uh, that's really fascinating. And I, I will for sure have the link to the books because I'm, I I don't think I'm the only one that's going to want to read it, but without giving too much away, because I understand that's what in in the book. What's the hope we have? Do you in the book? I'm sure. Is there hope to fixing this communication crisis?
1: Well, the book is about what happens about an unanswered, but that really is a way into the broader issue. That's the tip of the iceberg, but it doesn't underscore. Okay, if the issue that's causing the crisis, discommunication, is the lack. Of instant feedback. Well, what my strategy is is to as closely develop tactics and strategy so that people do return, so that they emulate quick response. And that's what my, um, my solutions are about. Is about improving the clarity and the, and the and and also the speed of response. is very important. So you want people to respond right away, and I. I, I have strategies to do that. For example, one of the things that every digital marketer like myself knows is you you, you write a subject line. You write just a blah, blah subject line. They're not going to open the email. Like, I want money from you. I mean, no. <laughs> it's stuff like they come up with things like, oh, your prescription is expired or five days, specials, Black Friday. Well, the thing is they create curiosity so people open it up. And I can tell you that they, once they open it up, they either contribute or act on the spot. They don't go back to the email, okay? And so I know this. So the first strategy is to get them to open the email. People, the worst thing you can do is put the subject line in an email, okay? You want to put some kind of anything. And so everybody doesn't have time to search online like me for the best subject lines. So I just say, what's the first thing that comes to your head? Put that as a subject line, one word. What's the first thing that comes to your head? Write anything.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I made my husband on come 16 years ago when this wasn't done that popular. My subject line, I didn't have the picture on my profile. He did, but I say this is a great way of filtering whomever doesn't want to take the time and read. So that was kind of my strategy. And my subject line was just to let you know, dot, dot, dot. That was
1: a subject That's line. That's perfect. You, you, you have just <laughs> to let you know, and it creates dot, 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 creates curiosity so that they open it, okay? And sure, he opened it two kids later. <laughs> it was a successful email. 20- The open rate, even on personal business, whatever, it's between 25 and 30% is the open rate of emails, okay? And what typically happens, like I said earlier, it's nothing negative. They basically, you know, what happens is they're busy. A lot of stuff's coming through. They see the email. If you have a subject line that's like meeting, you know, that they know about that you're referencing, forget it. Why would they open it up? I'll get back to you later. So that's why the subject line is that. And so it gets lost or forgotten. You know what I mean? It's so easy. And then we just, because of the numbers, I miss emails. I just, you know what I mean? I have to constantly set up my emails. So it's a struggle not to miss emails. So much junk and stuff. The second thing is you've got to get people to read their email. People scan. Oh, I'm the worst. I can't tell you how many emails I send to people. Don't put more than one subject in a, in an email because you'll miss uh-huh. the other subject. So that's one thing. But the, the key thing is, and you know what? It's the oldest trick in the book, but it works. People love their first name. If someone <laughs> you know what you know fairly well forgets your first name, how do you feel? No. Not good, <laughs> right? No, not and good. then if somebody at the rest at the restaurant or at the store, the grocery store remembers your name, you feel great.
0: You know, they've done
1: all kinds of things. There's nothing that creates more positive stimuli to the brain than the first name and your first name. And so whether it's a text message conversation or whether it's an email, you use the first name at least three times. So it's Hmm. never it's always dear Sam. Right. And then Mm -hmm. at the call to action, you put Sam again and you can put Sam at the end. Thanks, Sam. If their first name's on it, they'll read it. I promise you. You know what I mean? That'll stop them from scanning it. I mean, and this is just... So that's the way, something that simple. How simple? Put a bizarre subject word. Like I said, the first thing that comes... Just give me a concept right now. The first thing that comes to your head, not about this anything. World? World. Just put the world. You know what I mean? Put earth. Okay? Just put earth. The first... <clears throat> Because you just need a pattern interrupt. You don't need, you know, you're not a high level earth. You know what I mean? Just wanna, you just want to get them to open it up. And, uh, you know, you put something there. And so I tell people it's that simple. And then then you basically use their first name. But here's the problem is there's a lack of clarity. There is one way. And this, these are the simple, there's a the whole couple of chapters. And this is very important. You ask the question. Obviously, you keep it economical. You want to keep it succinct. But I don't care what it is. Even if you don't have that question, ask a question. I mean, ask a question. The centerpiece of the email to them should be a question because a question begets an answer. And then make sure that the answer is yes, no. You know, some version of agree, disagree, you know, not an option, not like, what do you think? I need your feedback. You see, something yes, no. Because people have shown, it's like you know, limit situations. So both of those things on the others on their side will elicit a response: open, read, and then a response. I mean, that's that's just the three most basic thing. But it, you know, it's a much larger strategy. But we can start interacting more like we do you and I, and, our, and our, you know, we can improve the reciprocity. Include the, you know, it's not immediate that, that feedback, but it's closer and closer and closer to what that to, to that goal but there is a broader issue because this is i mean you know maybe you have some ideas okay so i've answered the digital thing but people are not talking to each other anymore so what do you yeah. tell people to start ta- how you do get people to start talking to each other i need to take notes because i want to i need to write about that in the future
0: well, I started I started a podcast. That's what I did. I started a podcast about creating genuine connections and speaking more. And I'm in telecommunications, so I promote telecom and wireless networks. But, uh, you know, being aware that it cannot be resolved all with technology, we need to have these conversations. And hopefully my audience will appreciate all this wisdom that you've given and, and understand that, you know, we are committing to talk to each other in this podcast. And, and they're committing also to engage and so that's one way I've, I've I've found to 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 you know contribute
1: to the cause. <laughs> well, I, I just you know I, I was writing an op ed you know I wanted to make this point because when I started it was more the communication the, the unreturned message, but as this evolved, well after the book through the podcasts and exchanges, I realized oh my god happiness, I mean conversations connection as you say goes way beyond. Whether you, you communicate or miscommunicate, it goes to what it means to be the core thing to be human, and we're we're losing that. That's what it is. We're losing that, and and as far as I can tell, digital communication is the biggest culprit in terms of that disconnection. I don't think anything can kind of rival. I mean, basically, when you create a communication system which is based on disconnection. Yeah, I mean, it's right. It's based on disconnection. So I mean, you know, there you go. I mean, and and it only gets worse. i like to think that people will make an effort, but only well, it's good that you're doing this. But, you know, I mean, you know, you can say things like, well, try and schedule in a time to meet with your friend once a week and just do it, you know, you know, kind of like you work out, but I don't think people will do that. I don't know where it will all go, but I know that uh, I'm not optimistic. I mean, about the best I can offer is how to improve the system that we are working on. But there's a much bigger problem here, and that is that people are not talking to each other anymore, and they're talking less and less, and they're losing the most important part of being human, which is that connection. Well. Wow.
0: I think that's beautiful. And I hope that those words inspire you out there that are listening to this episode to go and make a connection to somebody. And, and as Sam said, you know, because we do have to keep connecting via, uh, you know, email or text, let's get the, his book and, and learn effective ways to do it and then transfer those into our human connections because all the strategies you gave, I think they translate perfectly also
1: to. Just Human okay. Connections. So I
0: it's thank true. you, Sam, for your thank time. You.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure. It's been great. Good to know there's someone like you. I'm going to start. I'm going to subscribe for sure. This is a great show.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And I will definitely um, get your book. And I appreciate everything you do. And uh, we'll we'll be watching, as they say, how you help influence the way we communicate to each other. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Okay, bye.
0: You've been listening to Back to Basics.